an introduction. Uh, my name is Stephen Slabaugh. I'm the Director of Faith Formation at the Cathedral of St. James. And I actually, I worked at Sunnyside Presbyterian Church a few years back as their administrator. And um, they, they did this composting event and it looked awesome. And a lot of people went and uh, were raving about it. And when I uh, went on staff, I thought that's something I'd like to do at some point. And, um, and here we are, I'm so thrilled that Joe is doing this for us. Um, but um, I also wanna thank the Creation Care Commission uh, of the Episcopal Diocese of Northern Indiana for, for um, also um, sponsoring today's event. All right, so uh, without uh, further ado, Joe, thank you again. Uh, really excited to learn from you today and um, I'll turn it over to you. Great, thank you so much. Um, I've never done a Zoom meeting before, so I'm a little bit nervous, so bear with me, please. Um, my name is Joe Simok. I've been gardening for, oh my gosh, probably four decades <laughs> um, for a very long time. Um, I'm a garden coach, um, a master gardener, and I have a certif certification in permaculture design and living. Um, so afterwards, if you have any questions or um, on gardening at all, um, you can get a hold of me and I'd be more than glad to help you out with anything, any questions or problems that you have. Um, let's start out with, um, do, do all of you, do all of you compost now or have you tried composting in the past? Anybody? Yeah? No, I have not. <laughs> we have talked about it for years. Um, and years and years <laughs> so and now you're um, gonna do it <laughs> now we're gonna do it yeah yes there's many ways of composting um how do you do that okay is it okay if we share the screen yes okay Um, can you get it? Can everyone hear me? Okay, can you turn it? Yeah, you were breaking up just a little bit on my screen, but um, I can hear you now. Okay, great. Um, there's many ways of composting. I don't know if you ever heard of vermicomposting, where you compost with worms. Um, and then another way is bokashi. That's um, where you ferment your compostables um, indoors and um, you can even compost um, bones in it. And the liquid that comes off of that, it's a natural enzyme and you can use that enzyme to keep your um, drains clean um, in any of your drains in the home. Instead of buying the enzyme cleaner, um, you'll always have free flowing drains, which is um, amazing to me. Um, the one we're gonna talk about today is the um, container composting or the, um, the, you can also compost just freely on the ground without any, um, any bin. Um, you can surround it with uh, wire or you can actually buy bins to put it in. So it's whatever you prefer. Um, why do we compost at home? Um, it improves the soil, the compost does. A picture here, if you guys, um, can you guys see the picture? Is everything coming through okay? Yep, looks great. Okay, um, this is a picture of um, actually part of our front yard. Um, we don't use any um, synthetic fertilizers. We don't use any fertilizers at all except compost. Um, and this is um, the flowers and vegetables in our front yard that just comes up every year. It's in our perennial bed. Um, so you, you don't have to um, use special fertilizers. And that's the great thing about composting. Um, you decrease the waste in the landfill and all of that turns, instead of throwing your food waste and your food scraps into the trash, you compost it and you can fertilize and um, amend your soil with it. Um, when you put compost, use the compost on your gardens, 
It reduces the use for fertilizer and for water. It helps to hold in the water, the moisture in the soil. Um, it prevents erosion. Um, and like I said, it improves your soil. Sarah, can you do the next? Um, how does composting work? Composting is nature's way to recycle. Um, in the forest, um, the forest floor is a good representation of how nature recycles. Um, the leaves fall to the ground. Um, there's rain that comes down. There's animals that are decaying. And all of it turns, if you've ever been walked, taken a walk in the forest um, or in the woods, um, it's really, when you get, when you walk on the actual soil, um, it's very soft. And that is um, the, the naturally made compost. Um, microorganisms break down the material into compost, which is a nutrient rich product that can be used as soil amendment. Um, two of many ways to compost are in bins, um, but you don't have to use bins. You can also use open composting, what is considered open composting. Um, for bins, um, you can use the barrels that you can um, purchase. There's tumblers where you actually have a crank on the end where you turn it every couple of days and um, it speeds up the decomposition process. So it's so much faster. Or you can just take a piece of wire fence and um, make it into a circle and put your com compostables in there. A lot of people do this with their fall leaves um, and it, it's perfect for that. Um, the open bins would be just a regular pile that you would just make um, on this, this so soil, not on, um, a lot of people try to make the piles on cement, which is not a good idea. Um, you need to have the soil underneath so the microorganisms can come up through, through the soil and into the compost to help um, decompose all the materials. Um, also, the worms will come up from the soil and get into your, um, into your compost pile and it'll start, they will start to decompose. They'll eat um, whatever the items are that you have in your compost pile and um, it decomposes so much faster. And um, vermicompost or the worms when they, um, the poop that um, they emit is um, wonderful and beneficial to um, the, the, your gardens. Um, you can buy that for a lot of money <laughs> um, online or different places, um, or you can you know, do your vermicomposting yourself or just by having your compost pile, it's emitted into the, the compost itself. Um, sheet mulching is another way um, where you take, most of the sheet mulching is made with, um, from the, the dry leaves um, in the fall and also from grass clippings. If you spread that on your garden or if you're trying to set up a new garden area, um, the sheet mulching is perfect because you can, um, as you get new, like the fallen leaves, the dried leaves in the fall, or when you mow, you can um, spread that out evenly and it will decompose and form a new garden for you, which is a lot less work than trying to dig up the soil and, and um, make it that way. Lasagna garden gardening is another way, and that's where you're just layering it layering different materials just like a lasagna. Um, you start out with the bottom where you um, you would put straw or um, a dry material on the grass. It, you don't even have to dig up the grass for one thing. Um, you can put cardboard down is what they normally tell you to do is put cardboard down. The worms love damp cardboard. So they will um, automatically be um, gravitate towards that. Um, you keep the um, you keep it damp, and the worms will decompose the cardboard. And the cardboard, uh, since it is um, preventing the the sun from reaching this um, the grass, it will kill the grass and um, turn it in. It, the grass then is turned into um, a nutrient for the soil. So lasagna gardening is a whole nother. Um, category, so I'm not going to get into that, but it is what it is, is um, layering different materials, just like a lasagna that you would make um, in your kitchen.
Sarah, do you want to turn that? Does anybody have any questions? Um, the next um, thing that you can do is collecting household food waste indoors. You use a container in the kitchen so you don't have to keep taking things out every time you have um, something that you want to put in the compost pile. You can leave it in the kitchen and this is one of the containers that that I have one just like this and um, the discs that you see at the bottom of the picture are um, what is it it's the carbon it's a carbon filter that you put in the lid and it prevents odors in the kitchen um, you fill your container up and once it's filled you can take it out to your indoor com outdoor composter or you can bury it into the soil which is another great way um, of composting. Um, you have to empty the, contain the container. It's, that's not every three days. You didn't change that. Um, you need to empty the container um, when it's full. You don't. It says on here every three days and we made a mistake on that. I'm sorry, we'll have to fix that. Um, another thing you can do when you're collecting food waste indoors is a lot of people will store the food waste in the freezer until they're ready to take it out to the compost area a lot of times in the winter time you can still compost but a lot of people don't want to trudge through the snow and it's easily just um, to take a plastic bag or a plastic container or whatever you have and every time you get some food waste you can um, put it in that container and keep it in the freezer um, so it you don't see it or smell it and it'll stay there ready until you um, want to take it out and get ready to take it out and put it in the larger container. Sarah, do you wanna? Okay, steps of composting. The first step you need to build, if you're, you need to put your pile on bare earth, not concrete. And like I said, that's so um, the worms and the little microorganisms can um, come through the soil and start working um, its way to decompose the materials that's in the compost pile that you have. You can, and like I said, you can either do a bin or you can just do it, um, just laying it on the soil itself. Um, step two is you need, you should put, um, a few twigs or branches or straw on the bottom layer that you're going to be your first layer on the soil and that's for aeration um, because you this is a um, aerobic um, process and if you had the anaerobic process you can do that as well um, but you need air to, you need a lot of um, air to flow through it to help decompose um, and also to cut down this the odor from it um, the anaerobic um, process, a lot of times it'll kind of turn real um, slimy and you don't want that. Um, it's better to um, do the aerobic kind. Um, step three is you alternate layers of browns, which is carbon, and greens, which um, is nitrogen. Um, and it's not actual brown color or green color. It's just, that's what they call it. Um, and as you alternate the browns and the greens, um, it's best to add a shovel full of soil between the layers and that's to inoculate it with beneficial microorganisms. Um, you don't have to have a lot of soil, just a little soil between each layer um, is, is all it takes because there's millions of microorganisms in the soil. Um, step four, um, keep the compost pile moist. So as you layer each, as you put each layer on your compost pile, um, it's best to, the best way is um, to, to keep it moist is to water it um, as you're layering it. Um, the layers will be so um, thick and so tall a lot of times that the water won't reach um, down to the bottom layers. So if you water each layer as you're building it, um, that, that, would, that works perfectly. Um, Step five is if using food scraps, <clears throat> it's best to place the food scraps in the middle of the pile. Otherwise you're going to attract the wildlife, um, the mice, the raccoons, they'll come in and um, it's amazing how, 
how far down you can even put it in the compost pile and they still can um, search it out and smell it um, and they can do dam serious damage to your compost, your container or whatever you have it in. Step six is turn the pile every two to five weeks, depending on how fast you want the compost to be to finish. Um, if you turn it every two weeks, you're going to get the compost um, finished much faster because it's going to heat up faster um, by getting the oxygen into the different layers. Um, but you can go five weeks, six weeks. Um, there's no set time limit. Um, it's whatever works best for you. But again, if you want it, want the um, compost finished faster, um, the, the um, more often that you turn the pile, um, the quicker you're going to get the compost. Um, and you can turn the compost with a pitchfork, a shovel. They have special composting tools where it's like a rod that's um, spiraled at the end and you put it in the compost and turn that and it'll um, mix it. Um, we just use a pitchfork. Um, it, it works really great and um, it's much to, for us it's much easier with a pitchfork because we have very large compost piles. Um, turning will aerate the pile speeding up the amount of time your materials will take to turn into compost. So like I said if you want it fast the compost faster um, turn it more often. If it's no big hurry then you don't have you know you can go five weeks, six weeks, whatever it is, whatever time you have. I don't know if you, if any of you have heard of comfrey. It's an herb. Um, it used to be called, a common name was bone set. And many years ago, um, they used to use this comfrey leaves to make a poultice. Um, if someone would break a bone, um, it would set the bone and help, they believed it would help heal the bone much faster. Um, but comfrey leaves in a, the Bocking 14 is the kind of comfrey leaves that we use. Um, the other comfrey that you get, um, it can be invasive. The Bocking 14 um, is more like um, almost like a bush or it kind of, res um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, if you've ever seen um, rhubarb grow, um, it's kind of like that. It'll spread out at the top, but at the bottom, it's um, not very, the circumference is not very big. Um, you take the comfrey leaves, you um, can chop them up or you can leave them whole when you're making your pile and you can put it between the layers um, and it helps to speed up the composting time. And comfrey is um, a biodynamic accumulator. The um, roots of a comfrey plant and also of dandelions. Um, the roots go deep into the soil and it um, accumulates the minerals that are in the soil. Um, so when you use in, so you, when you use the leaves that has the minerals in it as well. So you can, um, it's, it's adding um, minerals to the compost and um, speeding up the time for compost, the, the time that the, it will turn into compost. Um, composting process is finished when it is dark and crumbly and it resembles soil. And it all is going to vary. There's no uh, set time when your compost pile is going to be finished. It's one of the, those things that you just have to um, just use your own judgment. Um, the temperature outside um, in the wintertime is going to take many more months um, longer to have the finished compost in the summer with the weather warmer. Um, the pile is going to stay warmer and you will actually be able to see steam coming off of your compost pile if you have it at the correct temperature. Um, so the warmer the compost pile is in the summer, um, it, you're going to get the finished compost much faster. Does anyone have any questions at this point? This, I kind of broke this down into a compost recipe. There is no actual recipe, but these are the ingredients that you put into it. There's four basic ingredients for composting. One is the browns, which is carbon. And two are the greens, which are, is nitrogen. And you need to have air. That's what um, 
the aerobic activity um, is um, caused from the air that you put into it. That's why you want to turn the pile because the more air you get into the pile, um, the quicker it's going to heat up and the quicker it's going to um, be um, decomposed and you'll have your compost to use. And the fourth ingredient is very important is water. Um, a lot of people, they have problems where the compost, um, the items just never, um, they don't change very fast, the, the items that they put in the compost pile. And a lot of times um, it's because there's not enough water. It's too dry. You have to have water. And what the old saying is, it should be, the compost should be, or the uh, material should be um, as damp as a wrung out sponge. So you don't want it where the water is seeping out, uh, but you don't want it real dry either. It just should be damp. So that's one of the cases where you're going to have to just feel it to, to check and see if it's damp enough. But air and water are two major parts of, um, of comp making compost. Um, mixing the right amounts of these ingredients will provide the composting microorganisms with enough carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, and moisture to break down the material into finished compost. When building your compost pile, you should have about three times as much browns as greens. Um, again, it's no set amount. Um, you can't really weigh the browns and greens. Or you can't really measure the browns and greens. There's no exact amount. Just use your own judgment. But as a general um, idea is um, if you have three times as much browns and one part um, greens and three parts browns. Um, if you get too much greens in it or too much nitrogen, um, the pile is going to smell really bad um, because it's going to be too wet um, and you'll get a very strong odor. If you have too much browns, um, it's pretty much not going to change very much even after months um, because you need the water in it to help um, decompose the material. Sarah, could you do the next? <clears throat> the carbon materials, I don't know if you guys, um, or if any of you have wondered, you know, what the browns are, what the carbon materials are. Um, so we made a list here of some of the items you can put in it. Um, yard trimmings. So when you trim your bushes and shrubs, um, your perennials, um, like when you cut them back in the fall or do cleanups in your garden in the fall or in the summer, you can um, put those in your compost pile. Dry leaves um, in the fall, um, you can collect your dry leaves and um, it's, it's better to shred the leaves. And what we usually do, we have a, um, what is the, um, the blade on it? The, you can get um, a special blade where it actually shreds your um, grass as you um, mow your grass. And we just run the, our lawnmower over the dry leaves and that shreds them. Um, of what a lot of people do, a lot of times it's harder to find brown materials or carbon materials in the um, spring and summer because everything's green and lush and there's not many car um, dried leaves around. So a lot of people will um, collect the dry leaves in the fall. Um, you need to leave them dry and not, um, you don't want the leaves damp or wet when you, when you bag them. Um, and then you can leave those, the bags, you can do, use them in the, um, the brown um, lawn bags, or you can use um, trash bags or card. A lot of people I know um, use cardboard boxes and they store the leaves over fall and winter and then come spring when they want to start their compost pile. They use those leaves um, to add to the greens or to the um, nitrogen um, material um, to, um, and when they're building the pile. Another item which is um, browns or car carbon is um, sawdust and wood chips. When you're, um, and those are wonderful. Um, the wood chips, when we built some um, raised beds um, that was built on the soil and we didn't have, 
it's, we have a community garden um, at our house and along the um, street side of our home, um, we built some raised beds um, and there's no fencing around it because the city won't allow the fencing um, by the street. Um, we put wood chips on the bottom and you can put five or six layers if you want and the wood chips will slowly break down and um, and you'll form your own and that's part of the lasagna gardening too you can put the wood chips on the bottom of that and that's um, a great way to um, build a, a higher um, um, the gar um, lasagna garden um, hay and straw, you can put those in, although with the hay and straw, you want to make sure that there's no um, pesticides on it. Uh, a lot of people have used um, grass clippings and straw that um, from farms that use pesticides and they've ruined their whole um, compost because of um, when they put that onto their gardens, that pesticide residue is still in it and then it will kill out everything that you have on your garden. And there's ways to check. You can do a little experiment to see um, if that's, you know, if there's any in it. But if you know who you get your grass clippings from or if you use your own, um, that's perfect. Another carbon is paper towels and paper towel or toilet tissue rolls, the cardboard rolls, you can put those in. Brown paper bags from the store um, that is another perfect thing for carbon. Um, crushed eggshells. Eggshells is, um, that's a neutral carbon um, and nitrogen is, it's kind of neutral, um, but you can consider that carbon as well if you're running low on carbon. Um, fireplace and wood ash. Um, again, you can use that into, in your um, compost pile. Household plants, the dead um, or the dried um, ones that are dead and dried up are considered carbon material. Use potting soil. A lot of people will take that and just either throw it away or they'll put it in their yard waste container for the city. Um, use that um, as part of your compost. You can actually refurbish um, your potting soil and you can do that right in your um, garden pots, your flower pots, and refurbish that soil so you don't have to buy it every year. You can actually take your used potting soil and put in the um, composting materials and it will compost right in there. If you do that in the fall, by spring, you will have your flower pot full of um, fresh soil that's full of nutrients from the, the um, compost that you just made. Um, shredded cardboard, and that includes um, box, cardboard boxes and the cardboard from food boxes, um, the, that can, is considered carbon material as well. Corn cobs, um, you can either use the ones like in the fall you use for decoration, or you can use in the summertime where you get fresh corn on the cob, you can put that in as well. The, and what I found with corn cobs, it takes much longer to decompose so if you take the corn cob and you smash it either with a hammer or something heavy, um, that will decompose so much faster. Shredded newspapers. Um, newspapers are supposed to have um, ink that is um, not toxic. So you can put the shredded newspapers in as well, but not the slick glossy ads. Um, those you do not want to put in. Um, there's just something in that material that is not good um, for your garden. So all of these are carbon materials. Um, and one thing I wanna say is for carbon or nitrogen, any of the materials that you put in your compost pile, you want it, broke, you want it um, cut up or um, broken up into the smaller piece of, that you can get it um, because it'll decompose so much faster. If you have, you don't want to put like a, a whole cardboard box in it or um, the shrub, the, the clippings from your shrubs or prunings from your shrubs. You don't want to leave those in large pieces. You want to cut those in smaller pieces and that way they will de decompose so much faster. 
the dry leaves, if you don't shred the dry leaves, um, they will mat together. Um, if you don't keep turning the pile, it will mat together and um, it's gonna take two or three times as long to have your finished compost. The next um, category is the um, nitrogen materials, which most people call greens. Um, you can use your old bread or your grains, and this can be either cooked or um, raw grains. You, if, it, if you have something dry that has gone bad, or a lot of times it'll get rancid smelling, um, you can put that in and you do not have to cook it. It can be just put in raw. So either way, if you have leftover grains, you can put that in as well. The breads and the grains, when you do put it in, you want to put it down in the center of the compost pile, like I said before, or you're going to have a lot of visitors from nature that um, like the raccoons and the possums and um, any other little critters that wants to come, the uh, mice, rats, um, they all want to have a smorgasbord in your compost pile. Um, herb clippings, um, when you, in the springtime, when you cut back your herbs or in the fall, whichever time you do it, um, you can cut those in smaller pieces and put it in your compost pile. Um, and herbs, one thing with herbs, there's lots of um, minerals and um, that there's, there's just so many minerals that you, in the herbs and different um, benefits from the herbs that when you put it in, um, it's just, it, it, I don't know, it just, the more I get, the more items that you put in your compost pile, different items, the more balanced nutrient, nutritious wise it's going to be for the plants. Um, fruits and vegetables, you can either put the peelings, when you peel your vegetables or fruit, you can put the peelings in, or if something has gone bad, um, you can put the whole, um, fruit in, but again, you want to cut it up so it's in smaller pieces. And again, with the fruits and vegetables, you can put it in cooked or raw. Uh, a lot of people think, well, once you cook it, you can't put it in. As long as you don't have a lot of um, salt added to it, um, it's perfectly fine to add it in when it's cooked. And again, I can't stress enough to make sure everything is um, cut in small pieces because it's going to decompose so much faster. A lot of people, that's one of the problems why they have problems with composting where um, it never is finished or they don't think it's going to finish is because it's in too large of a piece and um, it just takes so much longer to decompose. Um, grass clippings, um, you can, that is wonderful to put in your compost pile or you can also use a grass clippings um, around your plants. You just don't want it to get to get the grass clippings against the stem of your plants, you want to have it back like an inch or so, um, but it can um, decompose on the ground and it also acts as mulch on the soil to keep the uh, moisture in the soil. Green leaves, so green leaves off the tree or off of um, your any plants that you have that can be put in. Um, household plants, living plants, if there's something that it's like a stem is broken off of one of your household plants or you just don't want it anymore, um, that the, the living ones are considered nitrogen material and you can put that in. Um, manure from chickens, rabbits and cows and horses as well, but horse manure you have to leave set for at least a year. Horse manure is considered hot. Um, it's not actually hot to the touch, but it's um, it's where it will burn the plants if you put in, put horse manure directly um, by your plants or in your, around your plants. Um, manure from chickens and rabbits and cows are the best manure you can get. If you know of anybody that has these animals, um, usually you'll get the, um, for chickens and cows, you'll have the um, straw or hay and along with the manure that you'll put in and it's, it's wonderful to put in. Um, rabbits, um, their manure, um, you can actually put it right um, either in the soil when you're planting or you can actually put it around your plant um, or dig it in the soil a little bit. Rabbit manure, you do not have to compost if you don't want to. And it's like this 
when you use rabbit manure on plants, it's like this miracle fertilizer. It's amazing. We did an experiment when my kids were little. Um, I homeschooled both of my kids until my daughter started high school a few years ago. And we would do all kinds of experiments, but we did one with rabbit manure um, on a, a plant and then one plant with just compost. And the one with rabbit manure, the plant actually was like twice the size of the other one. And it was planted in the same um, atmosphere. Everything was the same, except the only difference was the different, um, the manure and then the compost on it. Um, old flowers. Um, if you have any old cut flowers or if you deadhead your plants, um, you can put your old flowers in as nitrogen, that's counted as nitrogen. Tea bags or tea leaves. Um, tea bags, you do need to make sure that the tea bags um, are not, they do not have the plastic in it. Um, you, they look like um, just regular um, paper tea bag or whatever the material is. Um, like it's kind of like a gauze type or a paper um, bag like Lipton tea comes in. Um, but a lot of those are not, they have added plastic to it to make it more durable. So you do, do need to investigate whatever tea company um, you do use to make sure that there is no, tea, no um, plastic in those little tea bags. Um, the tea, um, the little tag that comes on the tea bags, you can put that in as well. Just make sure that you take the, if there are staples on it, some, some tea bags do not have them anymore. Um, but make sure you remove your, your staple from that. Coffee grounds um, is wonderful. There's all kinds of um, nutrients in coffee grounds um, that a lot of people aren't aware of. It's micronutrients um, that you, when you add the coffee grounds to the compost, um, it's, it's amazing um, all the micronutrients that you will be adding to it as well your coffee filters, as long as it's paper. And again, you need to make sure that it is just paper um, and there's no plastic fillers in it. Um, the paper filters can be added as well. Just make sure all of these things and like the paper filters and all the other materials are cut in the smallest um, pieces possible. Um, again, that will keep your, make your compost um, be finished in a much faster time period. Do not compost. There's many things that you should not put in the compost. Um, a lot of people, they'll dump um, plastic items in the compost pile that is never going to break down. Um, thousands of years from now, that's still, still gonna be sitting in your compost pile. Um, so do not compost dairy products. And the reason why is it attracts um, wild animals. Um, the, that's why when you um, compost um, the food scraps, you should put the food scraps down in the middle of the pile and as far down as you can. And it, that will decompose really quickly in a warm compost pile or a hot compost pile. But dairy products should not be put into a compost pile. Um, dog, cat, or human waste um, should not be put into compost um, or animal litter. Um, the only animal litter that you should that you can put in, it would be the um, rabbit manure and um, the bedding, as long as it's natural bedding that they're in, you can put that in. But normally animal litter, um, you should not put in a compost pile, um, especially cat feces um, or cat litter. Um, there's toxic um, elements in that that you do not want um, to be spread into your compost. Um, you do not want to put in diseased or infected plants. So if you have a plant in your garden and it becomes diseased, the best thing to do is take that and you can um, just put it in your trash can. Um, you can put it in your yard waste container, but it's best not to spread that disease um, there either. Um, if you have a diseased plant or an infected plant, um, the only way that it would be okay to put it in the compost pile is if you monitor your compost pile and keep it at a very high temperature. Um, the high temperature will kill the disease or that's in the plant. 
Um, but again, you have to be very, very careful and you have to monitor that um, very closely. Um, so generally what we do is um, for the diseased or infected plants, we um, put it in the trash. Um, you can also solarize those diseased or infected plants and that's where you would put it in a plastic bag and leave it in the sun where the sun's gonna hit it. Um, and it's gonna um, almost cook the plant in that, in that bag. Um, that's something else you can do. But again, you have to be very, very careful because the disease, if you don't, if it's not killed from the heat, um, you don't want that in your compost because then you're gonna spread it everywhere in your garden. So what I generally recommend to people is to actually put it in a bag and a paper bag and put it in your um, trash. Um, do not compost oils, fats, grease, or lard. Those things will not break down. And again, it will attract um, animals into your pile that you do not want. Um, the other item you don't want is coal ash from briquettes. So if you're cooking, um, um, if, you're, if you use briquettes for um, grilling, um, a lot of those have chemicals that's in the briquettes. It's not natural. If you have any that are natural, you can put those in. Um, but if they're the ones where they use lighter fluid on it, never use that in your compost pile because um, look at contaminate your whole ash um, from the briquettes should not be used unless it's natural. And you should never compost food scraps in your compost pile. Um, and again, that's because of um, wild animals getting into the pile. Of your compost pile, um, you don't necessarily have to um, really pay close attention to the, um, the temperature of your compost pile unless you want your, um, your compost finished um, quicker. And just naturally, if you um, have the right amounts of greens and browns in your pile, it will just naturally Hello? Did we lose her? Yeah. I'll, I'm sorry. Oh, Joe, yeah, sorry. You, you, you're breaking up just a little bit. Um, uh, maybe you can try again, but just, just to let you know, we didn't hear maybe the last 20, 30 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, tell me if you can't hear me then, okay? Yeah, now we can. Thank you. Okay. The temperature of the compost pile. Um, the compost pile will reach a temperature of 130 degrees or higher. It can go up to past 200 degrees in some cases in the summertime. Um, you don't necessarily have to pay real close attention to the heat of the pile. If, if you have the right combination of materials in the pile, it will just naturally occur where um, things will just start heating up naturally with the right materials. And as long as you keep it moist and you keep turning it, um, it'll just keep generating more heat. Um, when a pile starts cooling down, um, if you turn it and if you give it a little a bit of moisture and turn it, that will put air into the pile and actually start making the pile heat up again. So if you ever have a pile where it's cold, um, if you turn it, add a little water to it and rainwater is best. And um, if you add um, any um, of the nitrogen materials, especially grass clippings, um, and mix it in, that will heat your pile back up. So your pile will um, will be finished in much much quicker time. Um, the heat from the compost pile will destroy pathogens and weed seeds. Weed seeds are another thing that you don't want to get in your compost pile and not have it hot enough or you're gonna have those weeds everywhere when you spread your compost on your garden. Um, but again, if you keep it um, at the right ingredients and keep turning it and keep the moisture where it's moist, um, it'll just occur naturally where um, it'll be at the correct temperature. Um, 
when you do take, if you do take a temperature of your compost pile, you want to take it from the center of the pile where it's hottest. And like I said, if you put your hand in the center of the pile, it'll be very, very hot when it's um, working correctly. 160 degrees is the optimal temperature for composting. So if you could keep it right around that temperature, um, you're going to have compost in the summertime within a couple of months. Um, if it starts cooling down, then you need to put um, carbon or greens in it, which is nitrogen. You may have to turn it more often, or you may have to put a little bit more moisture in it. So that activates the heating process. If it gets too hot, um, again, you want to um, not put as much moisture in it. Don't be adding water to it. Um, and maybe add some carbon to it, and that will help cool it down. Can you hear me okay now? Yep. Okay. Um, uses for compost, you can use compost as mulch. You can spread two to three inches around your plants and trees and it helps retain the moisture. Um, and it also cuts down on um, um, weeds that will come up because it'll smother out the weeds. It won't allow the sun to hit the weed seeds and um, so you won't be weeding as much, um, which all of us would really appreciate. Um, you can use it on your lawn. A lot of people don't realize this, but you can apply one to three inches of compost to your lawn. Um, a lot of people put it in the um, fertilizer spreaders that you roll across your lawn or the ones that you crank you have on your back and you can crank. Um, if you put one to three inches of compost um, across your lawn, usually we put like one, so three is quite um, a lot, but um, you can do that if you're um, if you need to fertilize your yard desperately um, the lawn and then water it in. The water will take it will wash it off of your leaves of your grass and will soak it into the soil. Um, and it's amazing how quickly your lawn will green up if um, if it wasn't green before. A lot of people they use grass catchers instead of leaving the grass clippings on the lawn. Um, if you get the mulching blade on your mower, um, you can, this, that's what we usually do. And it chops up the grass so fine that you can't even see it on your lawn. And that's a natural fertilizer. Um, so you can do that as well. Um, soil amendments, um, compost, you use it for soil amendment. You apply one to three inches of compost to your soil. Um, you can take a pitchfork in the springtime when you're first setting up your garden. Put your compost one to three inches on your soil and take a pitchfork and um, stick it, stick the pitchfork in the soil and just rock it back and forth a little bit. Um, and that we that will uh, allow the compost to sink into your soil. And it's that's what we do. And we don't use any fertilizers at all except um, the compost that we make. Um, we garden by regenerative um, gardening with regenerative gardening practice. Um, so we don't turn our soil um, because you're damaging the microorganisms in the soil when you do that. And by the regenerative gardening, um, it helps hold in the moisture so you don't have to water as often. Even in the summertime when you're having pretty much a drought, um, you'll, your plants will still be thriving because there's so much moisture, moisture that's held into the soil um, because it's not dried out from turning. Um, Another use for compost is making compost tea. Um, you take about two cups of compost, a finished compost, and you add it to a, about five gallon bucket of water. It's best to use um, rainwater um, because of all the chemicals that's put into the um, city water. Um, and then you mix that up, you cover it up and you leave it set for five to seven days. <clears throat> and then you strain out the solids <clears throat> the compost that's in it, which is the solids, and you use the remaining liquid to water your plants. Um, and this is amazing. You can use that, <clears throat> excuse me, you can use this water um, on the leaves as well, or you can just water the ground around your plants. Um, and this makes me think of the vermicomposting, the worm tea that you get from um, vermicomposting. Um, you you um, dilute the the worm um, liquid that you get from the bottom of your 
um, vermicomposter and you mix it with water. And if a, if a plant is diseased or stressed from the heat, um, you can um, actually put the, that diluted vermicompost liquid, you can spray it on your plant on the leaves. And within two days, it'll look like it's um, perfectly fine and um, back to normal again, or actually even more healthy than, it'll look more healthy than it did before. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, these are two pictures that we took last um, spring of, in our garden. Um, this is, again, all we used was um, just compost on it. We have rabbits and we have chickens, so we use that in, in our um, compost as well as for our tomatoes. Um, they love the um, rabbit manure, so if you ever can get any of that, um, put it um, in your garden or use it to make compost. It's amazing. Um, the zucchini, um, this was a small plant, the zucchini. It was early in the springtime and it was just flourishing with um, zucchini. We, and this was just one plant. So it was um, so many that we couldn't keep up with um, using them all up that this was in our community garden that we have at our house. Um, and again, with the dinosaur kale, um, it just, I couldn't believe how, um, fast it grew and that's with all of the neighbors picking it as well. So these, you know, these are things that you can use in, and not have to buy the synthetic um, fertilizers. Um, you want to turn it back on? Yeah. So does anybody have any questions? <clears throat> um, hi there, it's Dana. I, I do have, well, probably a zillion questions, but um, I'm just curious really how we do this through the winter. I know from household items and that sort of thing, but um, you just turn it the same or maybe more in the winter or how does it? In the winter time um, is more of a time where you leave it um, and not turn it because it's going to be too hard with all of the snow on top of it. And but if you have, but you need a large pile because you need to hold in that the um, heat so you're going to have a have to have a bigger mass of um, of the compost to hold in the heat. Um, mm -hmm. Again, in the winter time, we usually cover up the compost with something. You, a lot of people use um, like old rugs or old carpet pieces. Um, you can use that to cover it up. That'll help hold in the heat, and also it will um, hold in the moisture as well. Because once you in the winter time, a lot of times you'll have the freezing rain and um, the snow and that's going to cool the pile down really fast. But if you have a large enough mass of it and cover it up, that will, it'll, it'll still, you'll still have steam on it where it's still yeah. cooking. Is, and is that when you, you know, save some of those household uh, or, you know, the kitchen items in the freezer for a bit yeah. longer? Yes, you can. Um, what we usually do is in the wintertime, um, we use the Bokashi system. And then we also use the vermicomposting. So we use up all of, all of the scraps. So you can, we have both of them going at the same time. Do you the think Bokashi, for, oh. the, I'm sorry, the Bokashi, you can also um, use bones. Like if you have chicken bones or beef bones, uh, if you eat meat. Um, and again, when you put the, the bones in the Bokashi um, system, you should break it up. So um, take a hammer or something and just kind of crack it and break it. Um, and that's, that's wonderful for that. Do you think for the first time or uh, just getting started, um, a, a medium size or some sort of tumbler would be the first thing to try or? Um, to be honest with you, um, I don't like the tumbler. Okay. <laughs> um, we do have the tumbler. I um, think if you have it on the ground, you're going to have the um, worms to help you and the microorganisms where it's going to break the compost down much faster. Mm -hmm. um, the comp the um, tumbler, a lot of people, they like that because um, they can put it in one spot. It's contained where a lot of people can't see the compost. Um, but any compost container you have, you can put it somewhere where it's hidden if you don't want, you know, if you don't like the aesthetics of it. Mm -hmm. I was thinking more of the aroma <laughs> or the oh. smell, just wondering if, you know, the container uh, tumbler is not going to smell as bad. 
if you have the right ingredients and the right amount of ingredients, you're not going to, it's not going to be smelly like you think. You're not going to have rotting items. You're going to have decomposing items. It's in the middle and it's covered up and it's going to cook in the middle where it's, you're not really going to smell it. Okay. It's, it's supposed to smell more like earth or like yes. um, a forest is what it should smell oh, like. That, yeah. That's a great smell. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a question for you, Joe. Uh -huh. How about citrus fruits? Are they okay to put in your compost? Absolutely. You don't want to um, put like a bushel basket of it in, <laughs> but um, the orange peels, any of the citrus fruits or the peelings is wonderful to put in. You just want to make sure that you chop it up really fine because um, the citrus peeling is so thick that it's going to take a very long time to decompose, but it's wonderful to put in as well. You just don't want to go overboard and put an excess amount where you know, you have a gallon of citrus peels all at once. And again, like um, avocado pits, you can put those in too. Um, but those, if you would just put the pit in itself or like peach pits, um, it's going to take forever for that to decompose. But if you take it and you crack it with a hammer or sledgehammer, hammer, whatever, you have something heavy and then put it in the compost pile, it'll break down much faster. But citrus peels are perfect for it. It looks like you like garden your um, house plants. Those are beautiful. Thank you very much. My tremors take me a while to get my little era where I want it. Yeah, and the other side of the room is just as full. Oh, yeah, I love to live in the jungle. <laughs> You have very clean air in your house. They help clean yes. the air. <laughs> Donna? Um, I have a countertop composter. I've had it for years. I have discovered for those who want it, um, you can get biodegradable bags to put in so they're mm -hmm. not so gross when you clean them out. Um, and they just degrade just like anything else does out in the composter. But they're a lot nicer for cleaning out that countertop composter when you empty it. Yes, that's why a lot of people don't like the Bakashi system because it's um it's fermented. Um, the Bakashi mm. is when you're finished, and a lot of people don't want anywhere near the <laughs> fermentation process or the fermented uh, material. So that's a wonderful um, tip. Where do you get those? Where do you get yours? Um, Gardener Supply. It's an online catalog. Oh. Yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah, they're wonderful. <laughs> And you yeah. get a hundred bags at a decent price. And, and I mean, the compost are just empty based upon how much we're using, you know, the fruits and vegetables and all that stuff to fill it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That saves a lot of work, doesn't it? When, by not having to clean that out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My dishwasher, <laughs> my dishwasher really appreciates that. Meeting my, meeting my husband. <laughs> if, if anybody wants, um, needs any leaves to start their thing, um, you're welcome to come over and and we'll share all the fall leaves we didn't rake up last year. <laughs> They're waiting and we've been thinking, Doug and I've been thinking, what are we, oh, we missed the pickup and and now I'm like, oh, this is what we're gonna do with all those leaves we didn't rake up. It worked out perfectly. It did. <laughs> There's a method to the madness, so. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe time for one more question. If there is one more question, well, this is, this is one that just came to mind. You mentioned avocado pits as being okay, and we've just started using mangoes uh, occasionally in stir fry, and I, I've been including them in in the compost, not thinking about that. Is do you know anything about uh, mango pits? Should I just trash them or? No, those are fine to put into my daughter. That's one of her favorite things is mangoes. So we get a lot of mango pits. Um, again, if you smash it and, you know, to break it up a little bit, um, that would be the best thing to do. Otherwise, it's going to be in your compost for many years. <laughs> well, this has been so wonderful, informative. Um, Joe, maybe if it's okay, you could share your 
information with me one more time. And then if people have more questions, um, if that's okay, maybe we could pass those on to you. Oh, absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I, we're just at an hour here. And I also just want to quickly, um, you know, I, I randomly generated giving away these two compost kits. And it sounds like some of you have compost kits. These, these two are indoor ones. One is a Bakashi. Um, but um, if for some reason you have one and you don't need it, um, let me know and I can just move down the list. But um, the, the two people that I have here are Cheryl and Tom. Um, so um, I'll, I'll email you and uh, figure out a way to get those kits to you. Um, but otherwise, um, thank you everyone for coming. And um, thank you. Thank you for arranging it. And thank you, Joe. This has been wonderful and inspiring. Oh, well, thank you for um, joining me. And um, I can never get done talking about gardening and <laughs> I can go on and on. So my daughter had to keep watching the time to make sure I was not going over. So if any of you ever have any questions, you know, I'd be glad to answer it. Um, you can, I'll give um, the information, my contact information and you're more than welcome to contact me anytime with any questions. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Joe. This I, is like I, wonderful. You,